Inside the 10 o'clock hour on the fan, I'm watching Utah absolutely smack the Gators 24-3. to I'm wondering what the spread was and why I wasn't in on this. If you've listened to me, I, I said, you know, since I had a kid, it, it uh, cured my uh, gambling addiction. <laughs> no, nah, but honestly, since I had my baby and I see how expensive, you know, taking care of a kid is, child care, diapers, formula, clothes, I can't throw away $500 a week uploading that into FanDuel and making parlays and putting bets every night on, you know, different sports. And, uh I've been putting a couple dollars to the side, and I'm I'm definitely in on NFL. I'm usually in on the first, like, eight weeks of the NFL, and then I'm down a couple thousand, and I'm out. <laughs> but uh, it's time to get back in. I need to uh, get back in this weekend. I should have been in on this game. Stupid. I just saw Nebraska and Minnesota has kicked off. If you're into that, Nebraska's up 7-3 after a crazy touchdown pass. And for my baseball fans who are like me and are down about their New York team that sucks and is out of it, but will still watch the postseason regardless of who's in it. We've got a postseason preview on our hands. If you've got MLB.TV, in about four minutes, the Atlanta Braves are about to face off against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I need that to be the NLCS. Braves, Dodgers, NLCS. I need it. Spencer Strider versus Lance Lynn is about to happen in the next four minutes. If you want to get to the TV, MLB.TV, or however you illegally watch baseball and stream the game, do that. I've got that game coming up on my MacBook, and I've got this Utah game against the Gators on the TV in here. 877-337-6666. We've talked all through the Mets and the changes that they've made and the state that they're in. Ronnie Mauricio coming up to join the rest of the baby Mets. All of the nonsense swirling around Pete Alonzo being toxic and them needing to trade him. I think it's much about nothing. Doesn't make much sense to me. Deisha joined us at 8. She gave you the insight from someone who's literally covered the team for years. Like She's in the clubhouse. She's on the field. I don't know who else you need to hear speak about Pete Alonzo and the Mets. We've talked about the beef between the Jets and the Giants, and Will Parkinson just joined me to talk about the Jets. I love what he had to say about their schedule. Nobody knows. People love to predict wins and losses on the schedule. You don't know. We don't know what's going to impact these teams week to week. I always tell you week one is preseason. Don't read too much into that. Will just did a great job representing the Jets fans on the fan. We've talked all through Aaron Rodgers and their personnel, their tackles their wide receivers their running backs we don't even waste too much time going through that defense because we know that defense is legit can't wait till we get to football I opened up the show talking about my Yankees I'd rather not talk about Glaber Torres but it seems like we always have to that series that you just saw where they failed to complete the sweep they're not good enough to sweep anybody besides the Kansas City Royals Glaber Torres that was the most on-brand series to show someone if they want to know about Glaber Torres. A home run in the first three games. He's going crazy. The best month of his season at the plate, or the best month of his career happens this season in August once the season's over at the plate. And then in the last game, to potentially take the series with a sweep and not just take the first three games, he has an error in the fifth inning, and then he has a throwing error to end the game and lose the game. And that's why you can't extend 
Glaber Torres and pay him the money that he's going to command at second base. The Yankees have passed on trading him the last two, three, four years. They're coming down to their last two opportunities this offseason and the trade deadline in 2024 to deal him somewhere. His value's high now. I don't know what they do. I've been saying on the fan this whole week watching the games, how do you trade him? He's your second best hitter. You're in a position where you have to compete next year. You can't just throw away talent. But the right offer is the right offer. Brian Cashman's on the hot seat. He's got a wheel and deal. The future is now. The kids are coming up. I told you I'm not excited about Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells joining Everson Pereira and Oswald Peraza, and don't forget about Oswaldo Cabrera. Why am I not excited? Because I'm still stuck in this miserable season. I'm still stuck in the fact that this could have been avoided. Injuries happen, but you know that. You're injured every year. You lead the league in IL stints. So why didn't you stack the deck? Why didn't you do more in the offseason? Why would you do nothing at the trade deadline? So I can't be excited about 20-year-old Jason Dominguez coming up to go 0 for 4 against Justin Verlander this weekend. I can't be excited about Austin Wells being thrown behind the plate or first base or wherever they're going to put him against the Houston Astros, who don't look now, have regained their form. This is their time of the year. They're tightening up. They're getting right. They're looking to win their division and have one of the best records in baseball and go into another October where they make a run to the ALCS because that's what they're built to do. Martin Maldonado came out and said, we're built to win championships. He's getting vibes from the 2019 team that, thank God, the Nationals were able to knock off. But the Houston Astros are what we thought they were. And the Yankees let them off the hook. Nobody wins back-to-back World Series. You should have stacked the deck thinking the bugaboo was out of the way. The bugaboo's not out of the way. The boogeyman's still here. You're completely out of it because of your arrogance. The Astros go and get Justin Verlander back. Altuve's healthy. Jordan Alvarez is healthy. We're going to have to watch them in another October make a run to the World Series. 877-337-6666 so you know what we're talking about. But I'm down to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about the last two hours I have on the fan for this week and this month. I appreciate you tuning in to my show. I appreciate the tweets on X, the Elon Musk machine. I appreciate all the calls. Let's get back into it while I watch the Dodgers and Braves and I watch the rest of this Utah-Florida game. Craig in New Haven, thank you so much for holding so long. You got it. Uh, thanks a lot, Keith. Uh, always good to hear from you. Always always uh, tune in because we like the same teams like the Yankees and the Cowboys. Yes, sir. So I'm always tuning in. Anyway, um, first about the Yankees, um, obviously I want Cashman gone. I understand that. It's his fault. The team is built the way it is. But I don't blame him for this past trade deadline. I think that was all how. I think Hal basically handcuffed him and said, don't add any salary. Because you know they want to stay under that cap. They're right on the edge of it. Mm-hmm. And if they made any trades for big names, they'd be over it. And I don't think Hal so, wants to So why to not sell? Why not, why not sell Harrison Bader? You just gave him to the Reds for free. Why not sell Wandy Peralta or, or even Glaber Torres? The Miami Marlins were about to give up four players for Glaber Torres. I, I understand it, but I think that the – what you hear, though, is people complaining more about that that he didn't add and go for it. And I'm just countering that with I don't think any GM would have been able to do that because I don't think Hal was going to allow it because he doesn't want to add salary. And if you can't add salary, then how are you going to improve the team? There was too many holes. 
ultimately, sure. I realized that too. When they did nothing, buy or sell, I realized that Brian Cashman, as comfortable as he is as Yankees GM, his job is not on the line. He knew that he could do nothing and his job would be safe in this miserable year. But he also knew that he looked at the roster and said, these guys aren't good enough to win. There's not enough moves I can make to fix this. I'm standing pat. Yeah, I agree with that too, but I'm just saying I, I honestly do think that... No, but I'm with you on how, because we did see that report of, uh, oh, they might make some moves to sell off to you know avoid that $1.5 million luxury tax. Um, yeah, I do believe I do believe Hal probably said, nah, don't don't go after a Cody Bellinger or don't go after some of these other guys that were floated yeah, out there. And all yeah, and I don't I don't think trust I don't I don't trust or think that Cashman would have been able to pull off a Juan Soto trade. I laughed at Derek Jeter putting that out there. I knew that was just uh, to get back at Cash, and I laughed and I shut down every conversation that we had on the fan about Shohei Otani being traded for at the deadline. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Okay, one last thing. Uh, the Cowboys, I'm seeing predictions and stuff. First of all, everybody's predicting the Giants to beat the Cowboys week one. Mm-hmm. It's like a trendy pick. And also, the people that are down on the Cowboys, they, they, it's the one point that I am a little concerned about as a Cowboys fan because I think we are built to win. But Mike McCarthy, everybody hates Mike McCarthy calling the plays. Yep. They think we're going to lose Kellen Moore, and that could be our downfall. What do you, do you agree with that or? Yeah, uh, and I'll take it from here. Thank you, Craig. Um, Mike McCarthy was regarded as one of the best play callers in the NFL, but he had Aaron Rodgers. Dak Prescott, I think, is a good quarterback, but he is not Aaron Rodgers. And this is not that Packers team that went on to win the Super Bowl. It's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Dan Quinn could be a head coach elsewhere. He stayed. You know, when you hear me talk about how the Giants have three head coaches, you know, the Cowboys have two head coaches. Mike McCarthy, who's got a Super Bowl ring. Dan Quinn, who famously should have had a Super Bowl ring, uh, 28-3, gave that one up to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But when I look at this this Cowboys team, that is the one weakness, right? They got rid of, rid of Kellen Moore. The offense is changing. And now Mike McCarthy's going to call plays. And I'm not sure that Mike McCarthy is able to call timeouts. My Dallas fans feel me with that. This guy has had issues managing the clock and knowing when to call timeouts in games. He's had issues knowing when to go for it on fourth down or when to kick it, uh, kick a field goal or punt. Like Just little stupid things like that have happened to the Dallas Cowboys under Mike McCarthy's watch. When you heard me earlier talk about the worst defense they ever had in 2020, that was a Mike McCarthy-led team. But I do believe that this is a make-or-break season for Mike McCarthy, and the reason that he is getting the chance to call the plays is because how do you hire him as a head coach without finding out what he's like as a play caller? He inherited Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore started under Jason Garrett, played quarterback for the Cowboys, and then kind of just graduated on to um, being a coach, and they were looking at him as the next Sean McVay boy wonder. It didn't materialize because Kellen Moore wanted Dallas to play the way he would play at quarterback and not so much the way Dak's style of play would quarterback the position. And Dak got in trouble. They had Dak throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. That's too much. Run the rock. And you didn't have the complement of receivers because Jerry Jones is an idiot and he traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper but then didn't want to pay Amari Cooper when it became time. So then you left CeeDee Lamb on an island. You had Michael Gallup coming back from an ACL, and you had a bunch of random guys like a Noah Brown who assisted at least two Dak Prescott interceptions, probably more if you go back and look at the film. I'm sure he ran some wrong routes. I'm talking about just passes that hit his hands or hit his shoulder pads 
and went into the hands of the defense. Noah Brown is no longer with the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon Cooks is with the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to change the offense a ton. And I do believe that Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy have bonded enough, not the kind of bonding that Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy had when he interviewed him, letting him sleep over his house, and they made s'mores and watched movies together. They've supposedly, you know, gone to each other's house and and had some long conversations. And what I do believe is that even though Mike McCarthy is calling the plays, Dak Prescott is executing the plays and has the liberty, of course, to change the play at the line, get the team into the right play. I'm not so worried about that, but I am worried about the hype. I don't believe the hype. I'm jaded. Big D stands for big disaster waiting to happen. Big delusional fan base. Dallas is always picked every year to be up there. Every year we hear Super Bowl talent. They should be Super Bowl contenders, and then they can't win a playoff game. Or they're able to beat old man, 46-year-old Tom Brady, but then they can't beat the 49ers. They'll see the 49ers this season. I'm excited about that. When they traded for Trey Lance, I'm like, you better get some intel from this kid. He's not worth anything else but to tell you everything that he's seen in practice as a scout team quarterback against that 49ers defense. I just saw a post. If you follow me on Instagram, I put it on my story. uh, Mark Schlereth, and and I literally said this on the radio earlier this week. I had a night where I came on because I hadn't been on Friday. So the Trey Lance trade happened, and I didn't get to speak on it until Monday night. And in me speaking about Trey Lance, I said, this is another Jerry Jones masterclass in nothing. Jerry Jones loves to do things that don't help the team win at all. He's all about himself. He wants to be the star, the star on their helmet. No, Jerry Jones is the star in the Dallas Cowboys, and they won't win a damn thing until he moves out of the way. So Mark Schlereth echoed that. He said, this is why the Cowboys will never win S, because Jerry Jones can't help himself. You think about Jerry Jones, you're going to go out there and you're going to make a trade for a guy without talking to anybody else in your organization, not Stephen Jones, your son, who you made the GM, not your head coach, Mike McCarthy, who you literally went out and handpicked, I just mentioned their sleepover, and your quarterback, who you franchise tagged twice, and then you had to run him the bag, $40 million plus a year, and you're still going out there telling the media stupid things like, we would have drafted Jalen Hurts if he fell to us. And you're still going out there giving up a fourth-round pick for a third-string quarterback that cannot play in the NFL. Will Greer goes out there, former West Virginia quarterback, didn't play at North Dakota State like Trey Lance. Will Greer played at West Virginia. Will Greer goes goes out there that day that they traded for Trey Lance, knowing that he's going to effectively be cut, and Will Greer balled out against the Raiders. And you cut that kid for your own ego. Because you, I don't know what you think. I don't think you know football like you you think you do. You're 80 years old. You need to bow out. In your little brain, you seem to think that Trey Lance is somehow going to challenge Dak Prescott or potentially be the quarterback of the future. You might be the only one that thought that. And and that's my little Jerry Jones Cowboys rant. Lewis is in Brooklyn on the fan. What's up, Lewis? Hey, I got to be more optimistic. You're getting us delusional Cowboy fans so down. No, like, I know. I hear I hear from them on Twitter. They're like, yo, uh, some, some kid the other day was like, stop claiming the Cowboys. I'm like, man, shut up. How long you been doing this? I've been doing this since 95, 94, 93-ish. Yeah, we need you, Keith. I'm not changing uh, up. Way, I'm not switching up. I had plenty of opportunities to switch teams, but I'm just being <laughs> honest. I've gone through this. I'm jaded. I'm scarred. The Cowboys are not winning anything under Jerry Jones. I would love it 
Trust me, they have all the talent <laughs> on paper. I just don't see them putting it together. I just got to be real with you. Well, Dak Dak says he's going to try to cut down on turnovers. Sure, and I think he anybody will. would if you throw fifteen of them. <laughs> he threw more than that. But um, let me ask you something. I happen to like this guy. Is his name Lipke, the running back? The, the fullback. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So did he make the team? Yes, he made the team, and they're going to have some sets running with a fullback, which I'm like, okay, and I guess that'll help Tony Pollard out. Dak Prescott threw exactly yeah. 15 interceptions last year. I knew I was correct with that, Lewis. Um, but like, but let me ask you something: a fullback making why, the team in this modern-day NFL? There, like that. I think the Dolphins added a fullback. I guess whatever. He's going to be but a special teams good. guy he and a lead blocker. Good. I guess he looks good. Right, he looked good in preseason him. running the ball, but like. Yeah. What about Malik Davis they cut? How I said that, and and now I understand why in the playoff game they strictly went with slow Ezekiel Elliott, and that was their doom. That brought them to their demise season end because they didn't trust Malik Davis at all. He was the third string running back. They, I think they might have gave him one carry. They, they didn't trust him at all, so he's gone. Oh wow, he's on the practice squad. Isn't he the one that hurdled over someone in the preseason? I, Malik Davis. Like, speaking of uh, the Gators. Malik Davis is a Florida Gator, and he just never materialized with the Dallas Cowboys in these last couple years. I don't remember seeing him hurdle anyone. Um, I think it was Jake Ferguson who hurdled one of the um, one of the okay. defenders in the Giants game on Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, Jake Fer- Ferguson hurdles over no, defender I'm for about thirty yards. Preseason, this past game against the Raiders, he looked pretty good. Was it Malik, Malik Davis, Davis thirty four that 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 had that hurdle? Or was that Rico yeah, Dowdle? So. I don't know. No, it wasn't Rico Dowdle. It was Malik Davis. So maybe it was Malik but, Davis, but it didn't help him make the team. But they don't have a bad team. They got Not at all. The they have a good team. They won 12 end. games back-to-back years. But I told you in 2021 when I was on the fan, they're frauds. They're going to lose in, in the first round. They did. And then just <laughs> last year when people were going, wait, Keith, what do you think? I'm like, they're going to lose to the Niners again. And they did, so. You know, on ESPN, they predicted that the Cowboys wouldn't make the playoffs. That's ESPN is hard. the worst. I That's why I don't want to listen to them. I listen to you. <laughs> Smart man. Oh, my God. That Smart was man. crazy. Yeah, ESPN what about sucks. Deuce Vaughn? What about Deuce Vaughn? The deuce is loose. The deuce is loose. I can't wait. I can't wait. He's keeping that number 42. I feel like they should have given him a smaller number, but he wanted a number with a two. Obviously, they're not giving him Emmett's 22. What about the, the number one pick I don't think did well, right? Mozzie Smith supposedly did not have an impressive camp, but he's been working with Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons pretty much drafted him, told Dan Quinn they wanted him, and so they followed that. And he's he's on the depth chart to start. They're going to put him in the middle of the defense, and he's going to clog up some holes. He's he's wide as a house. He's strong as an ox. They're they're going to put him in the games. But that's the thing about the D line too. They have other guys that they can rotate in there. He's not going to be alone. He's a I'm worried. The one thing I'm worried about is, you know, stopping the run. They they were weak at that. Sure, their linebackers have been weak. Uh, that's why it sucks that, you know, uh, DeMarvin Overshawn tore his ACL because oh, he would have really been an athletic linebacker, and now we're relying yeah. on uh, Leighton Vanderesh, who's hurt every year, and I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyways, Keith, before I let you go, you said before how you're saving up your money. You know, because of Jackson, you know. Yeah, whatever. well, I got money to but take no, care of my kid. Now I'm putting money to the side no, so I can gamble you, every Sunday. You got You can't. You got to save up money for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so I can go to Vegas and see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're going. We're number one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. No way. No way. Mark my words.
If the Dallas Cowboys are in the Super Bowl in Vegas, I'm out. I'm out. I'm I'm hitching a ride with Boomer. <laughs> I'm out. You will. I will not be here. I will be. I'll, like that might be the only one we get. Like the last time the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl, I was in the second grade. <laughs> so if the Cowboys somehow make it to the Super Bowl out in Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, which is. Uh, a, a castle, a, a palace for football, a dark castle, a dark palace. I would love to go out there. I suppose that's like the most expensive stadium. They have like bottle service in the stadium. Yeah, I'm, we're we're emptying the bank account and and flying to Vegas and partying it up. Fun fact: I've never been to Vegas. Gary's in Waterbury, Connecticut, on the fan again. What's up, Gary? Hey, Keith. Yo, long time, long time. Listening, thirty-five years. If I was ever to do a show, it would sound mostly like yours, and I appreciate that. I appreciate it, too. Thank you, Gary. And uh, to quote an, a rapper, Keith, not Bill, McPherson, not Sweat. And <laughs> listen, the best rivalry in the NFC is Giants-Dallas. Last year and this year, name, nobody likes Philly, true Philly, Name the best rivalry in the NFC. The biggest. No, it, that's it. Giants, Giants Cowboys 100%. for years, for years. Hundred percent. Cowboys always. have kind of owned that in the recent years, but it's just no, fun to watch. No, I no, no. We've been owned by everybody. I mean, for and Philly owns us even more. Yeah, and I hate you Philly. Know, but that's one thing we still, got in common, Giants is- fans. They're my least favorite team fan base. I don't go to the link either. I, I'm I'm from Monmouth County, New Jersey. I could get to Philly in 90 minutes from where I grew up. I don't go there. Still, name any other division and any other teams that have. It's still, even the even though the teams, I understand we're not that great. And I go to the games and the, yo, my Dallas boys, we go every year and everyone. I, cool. I know. I've been we, I've been oh, to like oh, five oh, of those wow. games over the last the eight the years. And everything. Yeah, I'll I'll be there on the tenth. I was there last year. I was there for the Odell Beckham catch. I was there for. Um, a, a game Dez went off. I, I've been I've been at these games for years, way before I ever thought I'd be on the fan. I've been in the park. I'm from Jersey. I go when the Cowboys play the Giants every year, and that's why I say I love that they're giving us week one now in Jersey. Thanks for the call and the compliments, Gary. I love that they switched it. It used to be week one in Jerry World, and that does us no good because that means – the Cowboys would come here in late November, December when it's freezing cold, and I hated that. I hated being out there. You got the hot hands, you got the layers, you're grilling, and you're just freezing, and then you go home and you get in bed and you're still cold. You can take a hot shower, you're still cold. And it's like, yeah, you love football, you love being out there, but I don't love being cold like that. It is much better. The weather last year for Cowboys-Giants was a dream. It was an absolute dream. I had a great time. Uh, I'm planning on going to Sunday Night Football um, this year. So I'll see y'all there. 877-337-6666. We got 90 minutes left. Let's take another break. Then we'll get right back to it. A five-hour KM to AM. Let's get back into it. Watching this Dodgers game. like It's just already, it's got postseason energy. Yeah, I'm already mad and jealous. Like I've been to Dodger Stadium. I've been to Truist Park. I've followed the Dodgers and the Braves. And they just do it right. They just always stack the deck. They are always improving their team. They always make the right signings and the right moves, and they're always in contention. 
Mookie Betts works a walk. Freddie Freeman single. Like they've got those two MVPs on the team so much so that they can just let an MVP and Cody Bellinger walk. Goodbye. They can let Corey Seager walk. Goodbye. They can let Trey Turner walk. Goodbye. We'll be fine without you. Dodgers lead one nothing. Um, off of a uh, fielder's choice or a force out or something like that. I saw Mookie Betts walked, saw Freddie Freeman single. Let me see. Max Muncy grounds into a force out. Second baseman, Nicky Lopez, the shortstop. Orlando Arcia, Mookie Betts scores. Freddie Freeman out at second. Dodgers lead 1-0 after the first inning. We're in the top of the second now. I'm telling you, if you can get this game on, if you're a baseball fan like I am, and you're just overwatching the Stankies and uh, the New York Mets, there's two competitive teams, two of the best teams in baseball, two of the best franchises in baseball in recent time, two teams that have won the World Series in the last handful of years. They're going to be right back in it. They're facing off in a little NLCS preview, most likely going to be the number one and two seeds. And I don't think the Phillies or the Cubs or the Brewers or the Giants or the Reds or any of those teams are knocking these guys off. They're on a collision course to meet up, and I can't wait to see it. 877-337-6666. Forget about the baseball. We've been talking football. We did plenty of Jets conversation and Cowboys conversation, and I'd like to put something out there for the Giants fans. I can handle the Giants conversation. Nobody watches the Giants more than a Cowboys fan in New Jersey. Think about it. I have sang the praises of the Maras, of Joe Shane, Brian Dable. I kind of leaned into what they've done, hoping that the Yankees see what they have done and realize, like, hey, change is necessary. And sometimes you don't want to make the changes that are necessary, but when you do, look at the results. And obviously they had Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer and Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman, and they moved on from those guys. The dark days are behind you. Great days are ahead. Greater days than we know. It doesn't matter what any analysts say. It doesn't matter what any pundits say. The Giants have a head coach in Brian Dable who knows what he's doing. He's a player's coach, but he's also a good coach. They have two other coaches that could have taken head coaching jobs, but decided to stay and run it back with the Giants. Kafka, Martindale, masterminds on offense and defense. And that is why last year they were able to make something out of nothing, do more with less, turn lemons into lemonade. Last year they were able to win without the roster, without the talent that other teams they faced had. And they have put together a great offseason. They're still adding talent. They're still adding players to this team to make this team look the part. And yes, they do have a tough strength of schedule. But I think their edge is in their preparation. I think they'll be more versatile on offense, more balanced on offense, harder to defend with different weapons. I think their defense is going to come after you. You know that. They're going to blitz, and they're going to hit you, and they're going to have an attitude and a style that's going to be tough for offenses to operate under. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. MetLife Stadium, Giant Stadium, it'll be rocking when these guys take the field. The G-Men, Big Blue, they're back. No one expected them to rip off all those wins last year where they fought through games and they stole games late. No one expected them to go to the playoffs and – Take a home, uh, take a road game from the Minnesota Vikings. Even though I was telling you last year the Vikings were frauds, like the Cowboys were frauds. So maybe some people thought, but it was an impressive year in year one of a rebuild under a new head coach and new GM, and they're right back in it 
for year two. And like I've said, if they are able to knock off the Dallas Cowboys, dun 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 Sunday night football, if they're able to knock off the Dallas Cowboys, which week one is preseason, they can. Dak Prescott didn't play in the preseason. They certainly can beat the Dallas Cowboys week one, and that can propel the whole season. That can literally be the launching pad for the whole season. What was the issue with the Giants last year? They had a bunch of wins beating teams like the Ravens, the Titans, the Packers outside of their division, but the only team that they could beat in the division was the Commanders. They have to find a way to beat the Eagles and the Cowboys this year, at least one game. And it's a 1-1 game in Chavez Ravine. Don't look now, but of course, the Atlanta Braves load the bases and tie it up. Lance Lynn, come on, bro. Here he comes. The reigning, or not reigning, the favorite for NL MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr. Steps into the plate with the bases loaded, one out, game tied. Marcelo Ozuna just came across the plate. I got eyes on that game. <laughs> I got to show the host, but I am watching that game. This uh, Florida game is over. Let's get back to the phone. John and Valley Stream on the fan. Go for it, John. Hey, what's up, Keith? How's it going? Um, I just want to start off by telling you, I used to be a big Steve Summers guy. And, you know, he turned into, like, the the easy, comfortable listen to me on my way to work. And I always used to listen. And then, you know, obviously Steve's gone and you came on. I'm like, all right, you know, got to give the new guy a chance. And it was one day where you were you were talking about the Nets and you were, you were getting into the Knicks. And... It, you endeared yourself to me because you look at the Knicks the way I look at the Rangers being an Islander fan. I'm like, all right, I, I can identify with this guy. This guy's good. <laughs> and you've, you've become that, that easy, comfortable listen for me now. Good. Thank so you for giving me a chance. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank, thank you for giving me an Absolutely. opportunity. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And then uh, I, I just want to comment on, like, you know, you're asking, what is it with the Giant fan? You know, why, why is the Giant fan a little upset with the Jets? And you pointed it out exactly with Dallas. Because every year, you know, people, they do the Dallas pick thing, and we all know it's not going to happen, even though they're talented. The same thing with the Jets right now. Remind me, which team went to the playoffs last year and actually won a playoff game, and which team had their playoff destiny in their hands and spit the bit? Which yeah. team was that? The Giants went on to figure it out. I thought they both were going to tank. No, but the Giants stood up, figured it out, got into the playoffs, won a game. The Jets took a straight-up nosedive. Ronald Acuna Jr., that's a moonshot. That's a grand slam. Oh, Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr. just hit a grand slam to blow this game open in oh. Dodger Stadium. That's all right. The Mets have the better Acuna. <laughs> they might. Ron, he's a, he said himself no, his brother no. is more advanced than him. If that's If that's the case... Watch out. He's being a good brother. He's being a good yeah, brother. Endorsing his brother. I don't I don't I haven't seen too many Ronald Acuna Juniors ever. He just yeah, smacked no, that no, ball yeah, to the back of the won't. bleachers. Yikes. Oh, makes me sick. That's his thirtieth <laughs> home run of the season. So that's official. Ronald Acuna Junior oh. is the first player in MLB history with sixty stolen bases and thirty homers in a season. He could still go get forty homers. He's going to probably get 70 stolen bases. This is your NL MVP. You know, Keith, I used to like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a baseball fan, man. I, the Yankees are out of it, but I am not out of this season. I, I am going I to know. watch the whole I way. And listen, 
Honestly, I wish I wish Acuna wasn't a brave because he is a phenomenal. He's player, so good. And I will never say that again. Yeah, he's nice. Yep. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, but back back to back to the Jets. So yeah, they, they took a nosedive. And any time that the I know the defense is good, but you ask Jet fans that know, they will all tell you, you know what? When we need a big stop, though, we don't seem to get it. Okay, and Sauce Gardner. In that in that preseason game, he like I don't know it just epitomized the Jet defense. He's getting all giddy about stopping Tyron Taylor. I'm telling you, if my man Dan is not stopping that ball, he was posted. He was roasted. He's grabbing his jersey to boot. I loved it. He's like you with the bigs now. He he clearly was beat on the first play, yeah. but. In the books, it's an incompletion. You can get beat. If the ball doesn't it's get there, it's an incompletion. But then when they went back to it oh. on the double move, he defended it, and he was he was like, what, what is he doing? You're with the bigs now. I'm like, all right, all right, Sauce. They're going to remember that, too. Oh. <laughs> they're going to come right back at you yep. in, in a couple months. They're, they're, they're going to come right back at it. Also, and, and we got Aaron Rodgers being like Every Jet fan has said Jet Life Stadium. All right, Aaron. Who fed you JetLife Stadium? Aaron, tell, tell me something, Aaron. When you drive up to MetLife Stadium, whose practice facility is in the parking lot? Yeah, the New York Giants. You're in our house. You always will be. Go drive a half hour down the road to your own facility. <laughs> That's just a fact. That's just a fact, Aaron. Thanks for the call, John. I got to keep the line moving, but I appreciate the energy. And that's another home run for the Atlanta Braves. I'm so jealous. Austin Riley, that's his 32nd homer of the year. The Braves, man, they, they just hit home runs. They're setting records. They already have b- broken their team record for home runs in the season. Um, this is the NLCS matchup preview. The Braves are probably winning the World Series this year. I know Mets fans don't want to hear it. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, I want to see Ronald Acuna Jr. win it with them since he was hurt when they won it in 2021. I want to see that go down. Lance Lynn sucks. You know why? Because Lance Lynn is washed, and all he throws is fastballs. And against a team like the Braves, good luck. <laughs> good luck trying to locate those fastballs. You throw it in the zone, it's getting hit. Gerard's in English Town on the fan. Hello, Gerard. Keith, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for joining <clears throat> I, I, the show. What's frustrating is I'm, I'll be 43 this year, so I really saw those Yankees from 96. Yeah. On, it's just it, it. It. I feel like the Yankees are almost like the Cubs. They know they're going to make this much amount of not so much this year, but previously, like the Wrigley family, the Yankees are going to make money. They're they're going to sell thirty five, forty thousand, whether people go or not. It's regardless. They're going to sell that many tickets. They're going to sell their advertising. They're going to make their money. And I guess the Steinbrenners at this point are, are just happy with that. Yeah, Listen, it, the it old, sucks. The, the it, father was. You know, I, I always remember, like, the days of, like, Brian Cashman looking like he hadn't slept in, like, uh, three nights. Yeah, you know, in, in probably the on edge. Eyes, like, probably yeah, hearing from like George. His fingers. It's different now. It's, it's just the reality of where we are. And I was a child for the dynasty and those years that brainwashed me into thinking that, hey, October meant the Yankees were going to be in it. October meant the Yankees were going to make a run. I remember being a little kid getting out of Pop Warner football practice early because the coaches were like oh we're going home to watch the yankees like that was just part of october and, uh, like that the- was so great when, i i don't know if you remember with joe torrey's sister i think was a nun 
right? You know, she would pray for the Yankees and, you know, it just, it just, it was, it's such a, it, was it just thing, was know, a part like of the seasons my, changing and fall and, and, and everybody wearing their Yankee hats and hoodies and jerseys in October. That was our time of year. It was, it was a lock. It was a guarantee. And now it's not anymore, but you know, it's a lock and a guarantee that they're going to make money hand over fist. That they're going to sell and, tickets. And what, that they're going to put a patch on the jersey for $25 million, That they're going to leave no stone unturned as far as how to turn a profit on this team. They cried broke during the pandemic. But now they're tightening everything up to squeeze every dollar. And it's not translating into wins, which to me is backwards. Because the way to print money is to make it to another World Series this day and age. Because you, all you got to do is go win one more World Series in this time where everyone's got a phone, everyone's on social media. It will live on forever in HD. And you look at the, the MLB pipeline, and you look at the top teams, like, you know, like the, the Dodgers, the Braves, Yankees were, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know where they would be found on that list. You they know, don't know. I, They're I lost. It's it. an identity crisis, the, how the mighty have fallen. They, they thought that Aaron Judge's historic season that propelled them to a bye in the first round of the new playoff format and a trip to the ALCS, that had Brian Cashman fooled on his own work. He thought he put together a masterpiece. He thought he could rest on that going into this year. And Judge gets hurt twice. Judge ain't put together another MVP season. You relied on guys like Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks and a whole other cast of characters from Franchi Cordero, Willie Calhoun, Billy McKinney, Greg Allen, and Jake Bowers. And look where we are. It's it's just really it's it's amazing. Again, because I saw such glory years, and I like my wife and I and my daughter. We like going to the game. My wife and daughter are Mets fans, by the way. Um, but we we enjoy going, and it's it's almost like. I fall right into that trap. I'm going to go sure. to a couple games a because year. Because that's gonna, our ballpark. You know, that's something I was saying the other day. I went to Judge's three-homer game, and I haven't been going to as many games since they've been losing every series, but I'm glad that my friend from L.A. was in town, Dodger fan, that whenever I'm in L.A., I go through Dodger Stadium with her. She's like, hey, it's, it's my turn. I'm in New York. Can you take me through Yankee Stadium with you? I'm like, of course. And it was a good game to go to. It was the only game they won of that series, and it made me realize, like, going – to link up with the bleacher creatures. And, you know, my friend T, she's a season ticket holder, and I went to her section, and uh, her her fiancé, Mike, proposed to her. And I'm like, this is our ballpark. This is our stadium. This is our culture. What they do on the field is it's unfortunate for us that, that they've underperformed, they're injured, they don't have it this year. But that doesn't stop the Yankee fan from going to do what we do from April to October. Well, now we won't have October. So. And hey, listen. Be happy. There is Central Jersey, right? The the uh, governor <laughs> proclaimed that that there is there is Central Jersey. There's always been. Uh, there's always been. Um, it does. I'm it can't just go from. Though. So wh- where are you originally from? I grew up in Clifton in, in the Bloomfield area. Now yeah, I'm in Oldbridge. North Jersey. I mean, I'm I'm a Monmouth County guy. I I really consider the Jersey Shore separate from the whole Central Jersey thing. I'm. I'm where the Jersey Shore, like in Monmouth County, like Asbury Park, Long Branch, like that area to me is in Central Jersey, but it is. And I've always felt like Central Jersey existed because I did live in like Carteret for a little while, Middlesex okay. County, like those places are, are very much Central Jersey. But now Listen, I, I, I hope we have real estate in Asbury Park because it's through the roof now. No, of course not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't we don't own any real estate in my family. I wish it's funny. I was talking to my wife because. It's always a struggle going back home for the weekend 
where we're going to stay because it's two of us. We have the baby now. We need some space. And I'm like, I, I have it set in my mind. I'm like, the first property I buy has to be down the shore. When I hit it big, when I make some money for real, when I sign a big deal or something, the first thing I literally wow. said in my way, first thing we're doing is putting a down payment on just a little, you know, two-bedroom apartment or condo or something down the shore. Uh, we live in Jersey City in a nice little apartment now, but I'm from that area. I'm not from up here. Well, listen, good luck. I hope you get your shore house. Yeah, I will. Thanks for the call, Gerard. I will. I will see to it. I will see to it. Never been afraid to work. Never been afraid to uh, figure it out out here. Never been afraid to take any chances. And uh, I just know that I'll get there. Uh, I got some time, but I'm trying to accelerate that. But yeah, you know, renting apartments. My wife and I are on our seventh apartment. We moved in together in 2016. We, we've moved every year. And I will say that I'm proud of her and I'm proud of myself because we've been able to make more money and advance and move into better quality apartments. Some of the places that we lived, like looking back now, I'm like, we were out of our minds living in some of the neighborhoods we lived in, some of the things that I experienced and saw. Uh, but now that we have a kid, now that I have a four-month-old baby, it's all about making sure he's safe and he's comfortable and, you know, we're doing that. But I'm like, man, I just get this itch. Uh, like this weekend we're going down and I'm, I'm, I'm booking a hotel. You know, honestly, because there's nowhere comfortable enough to stay with my families. And it is what it is. I don't fault them for that. It's just, you know, technicality. And I'm a grown man. I should have some property. I guess if this was 20 years ago, millennials now all make memes and uh, TikToks about how, oh, our generation, we don't own houses and we don't own property. I'm like, well, I will. And I'm not buying a house up here in North Jersey. I'm definitely not buying a house in New York. I'm going to figure out how to get property where I was born and raised and came from, from the soil in Monmouth County. So that's a goal, a dream of mine I've put out there into the universe. I've said it on the radio, so now it has to come true, right? All right, should I break here? I might as well. Man, time has That'd be it, nice. It's it's fine, bro. We got one hour left. Five-hour yeah, show. You know? Always does. They, when I came into WFAN, they were like, oh, you got the marathon, five-hour marathon. I said, nah, baby, it's a sprint. KM to we got great callers like this, it flies by. You know, people show me love. They call up. We always have calls. I, I have plenty of topics to speak on. We have live game updates. I've got stories to tell. This is the radio. This is what it should be like. I, I hope you're entertained. I hope you're having fun. I hope we're passing the time. One hour to go.